0: Welcome
1: to the IAB podcast. Hello and welcome to this special one-off episode of the IAB UK podcast, brought to you with the help of our sponsor, Spotify. I'm James Chandler, Chief Marketing Officer at the IAB, and thanks for joining us for this special Engage 2018 episode. Because last week, on the 7th of June, we held our annual flagship conference, Engage, now in its 14th year, We welcomed over a 1,000 delegates from across the industry to discuss everything future-focused and the challenges and opportunities facing digital advertising in the coming years. We were joined by some incredible speakers, including Unilever's Keith Weed, Dylan and Berwick from the game we're all obsessed with at the IAB, HQ Trivia, and of course, our headline act, documentary maker and author, Stacey Dooley, MBE. Over the next 25 minutes or so, we'll be hearing from some of our speakers, including the brilliant Stacey Dooley. So if you weren't able to make it to London's Barbican Centre, we just want to feel like you were there all over again, then get comfy and keep listening. Joining me for this special episode are two of the stars from Series 1 of the podcast, Head of Policy and Regulatory Affairs, Christy dennehy Neal, and our CEO, Mr Jonathan Mew. A very warm welcome back to you both.
2: Thank you. It's great to be back.
1: Hello, James. Um, good to have you back as well, John. Uh, obviously engages our flagship event, the jewel in the IB events crown, if you like. The largest digital advertising event in the UK, More than a 1,000 people again at the Barbican, which is amazing. Half of them uh, are advertisers. And, John, you kick things off, not only with the video of the man falling on an egg, but this idea that learning's pretty hard and to move things forward you've got to try new things, right?
3: Yes, I attempted to talk about the science of problems and how you move past problems. Um, And there's an interesting study that's been done of tens of thousands of people that looks at exactly that, and one of the things that's interesting is actually the, the problem itself, how big it is, whatever, it doesn't really matter. Mm. It's how you approach the problem. Yeah. And the key thing from that really is making sure you focus on where you want to get to, what the solution is, rather than focusing on the problem itself. And I think as a business, that's sometimes very hard to do. We focus on what the problems are yeah. and think, you know, poor, poor us, rather than trying to think about where do we want to get to
1: yeah you sort of get stuck on it and and, and you went on then to talk about what we 're doing as the i a b to try and move things forward for the industry
3: yes absolutely and I think you know we 're just as guilty as as anyone of facing that same issue and I think with a lot of the things that exist in digital and the problems that have existed yeah. it, it, it's you, you can never make a perfect world, so it 's easy to get distracted trying to look for this kind of nirvana, but actually sometimes you just need to try and move forward and The best example of us, I think, trying to make that difference and address the problems is the gold standard. Yeah. Um, And we announced some fairly big updates about that, um, which we're we're really pleased about. You know, it doesn't solve the whole world, but it's a really positive step forward. Um, We've had over 90 companies registered now through the gold standard um, and 29 companies certified and and that's one, I guess, very quick progress yeah. from uh, only formally launching the certification process this year. But also the other thing I think is the type of companies... They're involved, you in know, all of our boards are involved, and in it's all the big digital
1: players are involved in the gold standard. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and Christy, how did you feel about uh John being the warm up act to Keith Weed and Richard Eyre?
2: <laughs> oh, Keith Richards, as we now <laughs> <laughs> will forever know them. Um no, it was great and, and you know, I think their session really followed on the points that John was making about mm. um, you know thinking about problems but also that the solutions do kind of lie within our own hands as an industry and you know self-regulation is really important that we can recognize that there are issues but Mm -hmm. actually we can work together to tackle them and that was really uh, a really nice theme I think that keeps out for the day.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he talked a bit about agencies. He was sort of saying, you know, agencies need to pace ahead. He liked this idea of the kind of the hybrid model. He talked about um, unstereotyping as well, which I know you liked.
2: Yeah, yeah, I did. I thought it was really interesting um, that they've, you know, uh, Unilever done so much work to actually look at what resonates with people Mm. and what resonates with people is is lives a bit more like their own, (laughs) you know, kind of women actually doing things in ads, um, which is, you know, something we should all be a bit more conscious of. But the interesting thing that he pointed out as well, that you know, it makes for better advertising yes. as well. It's not just a, a thing you should do to tick a box. Actually, yeah. it makes things more engaging. So it was a really nice message. Yeah,
1: and it was nice that he was supportive of the gold standard as well. Yes, it was. Yeah, really positive
3: for us. And I think what Unilever bring is, I, I guess, a power to mm. that, that, that no one else can bring. And, and, and actually, what Keith was saying in the US at the start of the year really helped us. And the same with P&G as well the year yeah. before. Actually... When these guys come out and say, look, you need to adhere to the industry standards and you know the whole industry needs to get behind them, that helps us more than anything else really that we could do. He's
2: probably the only person that's ever said, I love the gold standard. Yeah. So that was amazing.
1: Quote unquote," I've yep. said it.
2: <laughs> I don't think even I've said it, and That's I work on it a lot. <laughs> uh,
1: I thought Claire Enders did, uh, kind of as we hope she would, actually, a brilliant job of setting the scene, specifically in the UK, and then the role that you know digital plays within it. Uh, we heard from Billy at YouTube. He was with Olivia from 20th Century Fox. They were talking about unskippable ads in the context of The Greatest Showman. And then Polly Curtis in conversation with Mark Melling, who heads up Riot at Oath. And they came back to this theme of quality news brands and trust in this era, you know, especially of Trump and Brexit. And it took me back, Christy, to last year's engage and, you know, what we did with Chem Fours and the news brands there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean it was a really nice heart back um to, to good old Ken. Yeah. Um and you know, Polly made the really important point that trust matters uh for advertising and for journalism and both kind of sectors are facing a bit of a challenge on that area now, but how important it really still is and also she talked about how important it is for, you know, them as a news brand to really stay yeah. true to uh you know, to to their brand as well as trying to engage audiences, but you know, not just reach, but really, you know, being true to what they are.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I miss Kim Force. Where's Kim
2: now? God, we should. Uh, it's
1: like a documentary series, that, isn't it? Isn't <laughs> he? We're, we're getting back on the podcast, and we were able to speak to Polly backstage to get her take on what the future holds.
4: Hello, I'm Polly Curtis. I'm editor in chief of HuffPost UK. The piece of current technology that is changing my parents' life is WhatsApp and um, It has been years since me and my siblings all left home and suddenly we're in a day-to-day conversation as a family with my parents and that is really, really lovely. You feel much more up-to-date and involved. Um, It can be disruptive as well. like um, Text speak is not always easily salvageable. You can drop a clangor at any point, but it's definitely something that's really changed family life, I think. And I see that replicating amongst all my friends' families as well. Five years ago, I was at The Guardian um, and I was a news editor, very much seeped in the editorial side. Um, If I could go back to that time, I would have spent more time with the products teams there and um, looking at design issues. And that would really help me in my current job at HuffPost to really understand that side of um, digital more. Um, it's, It's pleasure learning about it now, but there was such incredible talent and resource at The Guardian. I wish I'd spent more time with them.
1: Now, we heard lots about influencers from Steve Bartlett, who's the CEO of the social chain group, from Fleur de Force, fashion vlogger, all the way through to to Stacey Dooley at the end of the day. And Steve's whole presentation was about staying relevant in this day and age in 2018, wasn't it, John? Indeed. But staying relevant, engaging people, and how
3: you can do that through the influencer community... Um, And he gave a great example of something they did uh, with Rex Seco, which was a a footballer that they invented, um, (laughs) which very quickly became this internet phenomenon and showed some of the challenges, but also the power, I think, of influencer marketing, uh, that very quickly through their their influencer groups that they were able to um, create this footballer and get everyone talking about him, even though he wasn't real. People were... Even tweeting saying, "Yeah, I've been following this guy for years. He's a great player." They pretended he'd signed for Arsenal. Some people were up in arms about Arsenal spending so forty funny. million pounds.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it was certainly the Ken of the football world. It was. Yeah, I think they copied it from us. Yeah, Ken, 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 Ken's
1: got another. Ken's got another mention. <clears throat> and, and when we were grabbing people as they came off stage, and we were talking to some of the speakers, and we were uh, we were putting some questions to them. And I'm going to put them to you, uh, John. With you first. What piece of current technology do you think will change or is changing your parents' life?
3: Yeah, I think you know my, my parents uh, use some different tech. I mean, they they've got an iPad that they use quite a lot. Um, they go on, online quite a lot. It took me a couple of years to persuade my dad to get broadband, but when he <laughs> when he did, I think it changed his life dramatically. I'm trying yeah. to work on him at the moment to get um, either a, an Echo or a Google Home. Oh, okay, uh, they're very resistant to it because they think they'll be listened to at all times. Um, ah. I think someone will sit there listening to everything they say. But I think it's a really interesting area how um, people kind of over sort of 50, 60 will use voice interfaces because I think, it, you know, they're just more intuitive. It yeah, should, yeah. should be easier, I think, for um, people that haven't grown up with the internet to be able to use voice. Yeah. Um, so I think
1: it's a really interesting area. Definitely. Uh, another one, Christy, was what one item would you make connected that isn't already
2: I would love to have a connected bath. Wow. So that uh, <laughs> I can set the bath to run from my phone, like maybe we've just come out of the gym. Yeah. Uh, so I'm on my way home. And then obviously it runs at uh, the perfect temperature. Yes. And then it switches off when it's full. And then I get home, dunno, bath ready.
1: Incredible. Of all the things, it's a, it's a bath. I would love that. I, I mean, yeah. OK, we've got two people there. <laughs> uh, and a slightly tangential question just on bards. To get the right temperature, do you run all the hot first and then top it up with cold? Or do you do like a blend of warm, which is probably a bit more efficient?
2: I start with the cold. A Bit of cold in. Ah. Then add the hot because you get less steam. Incredible. And I have got it down to a fine art.
1: And you'd have to get the app to do this as well.
2: Yes, yes.
1: All very incredibly complex. <laughs> Let's hear what Steve Bartlett and Fleur de Force had to say, not about baths, but about the future when we caught up with them as they came off stage at Engage.
5: My name is Stephen Bartlett. I'm the CEO of Social Chain Group, which is a social-first marketing and media publishing house. The thing with my parents is they want to communicate with their kids, but their kids communicate, and there's four of us, in a completely different way to the way they want to communicate. We communicate um, on demand, per se, because of messaging apps. We communicate at our convenience. But parents, they like to just call, um, and that's not so convenient for the world that we live in. So by giving my dad an iPhone and putting um, WhatsApp on it, the amount I talk to my dad has probably 100x'd, maybe 1000 x
6: Hello, I am Fleur de Force. I am a YouTuber, blogger. Some people call them influencers, but um, I'm not a massive fan of that title. The piece of current technology that would change my parents' life is 100% internet banking, because it sounds totally ridiculous, but they're still not signed up to internet banking. It would... Change their life I tell it to them at least once a month but they are stubborn and they still like to go in and pay in their checks in person and do all of that kind of stuff and it drives me absolutely bananas
5: um so here's the thing five years ago I had a number of suspicions about um the way the world would be and specifically when it comes to social media and marketing I just wish I would known that it was going to be this big So I went in that direction, but had I known what I know now, I would have gone in that direction 10 times more aggressively. Um, I would have been 50 times more successful had I gone with my intuition more aggressively. And so I try and do that today as much as possible.
6: So looking back, the one thing I would have done differently five years ago was not pay so much attention to what other people were doing and follow trends thinking that it would fit into my content which I was definitely guilty of for a certain period of time um I kind of have come to realize now that the reason why people follow people on the internet is because they like them and it's not a race to all look the same which I think you know five years ago was very much a thing everyone was kind of I need to be doing that because everyone else is doing that um I think that's probably just called growing up though isn't it as well and the one item I would like to make more connected is my wardrobe so that i know exactly what is in my wardrobe what goes with what clueless style but on my iphone i could i'm sure it exists it must exist in some way but it would take a lot of taking photos of all your things and it's too high maintenance i wish it could just be like bam done and i could have my wardrobe on my phone and work out what i'm going to wear in advance it would make my life so much easier
1: Engage is always focused on the future and celebrating what's brilliant about digital. And Tom Goodwin, Lucy Jameson and Simon Gosling tackled it head on. And I think Tom was his brilliant, provocative best, wasn't he? And if you don't know Tom, he's the EVP uh, Head of Innovation at Zenith USA. Uh, He's fantastic on Twitter and LinkedIn. And he sort of prods and pokes the whole industry into sort of thinking about things differently but he was he was great wasn't he john
3: he he is great i'm a big fan of him because he he doesn't just talk about you know different technologies and what you should do with them he Mm. took he challenges the way you think about them um and he he had loads of great examples of you know the the point we're at And, and one of the ones that really resonated with me was when he talked about going online and he talks about you know he said to his dad how long do you spend online his dad says three hours he talked to his wife she said however long and then he said to his niece how long do you go online for She said, like, what and uh, you know he had to then explain the yeah, concept of what yeah. going online means and I think it's easy to forget that if you're uh, my age, you know, that, <laughs> that that actually now if you're, you know, in your 30s, 20s going online, you, well, there is no going yeah, online. Course. You're always online. You're always connected. Yeah. There isn't this long process you go through to, to get on the Internet. It's just there at any moment whenever you want it. So the boundary between what's connected and what isn't, yeah. what's digital, what isn't yeah, yeah.
1: almost doesn't exist. He really caught, he really called into to question. Uh, you a fan, Christy?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I really like yeah the way he challenges us to think differently. I think we can get a little bit complacent in digital and yeah. think that we you know we're really smart, we're really clever. And he was <laughs> he was kind of you know sort of saying, are we are we smart enough? Can yeah, we be better? Yeah. He talked about you know we're we're sort of in the interim of things and it's a slight it's area nice. of digital disappointment, which you know is a, is brings you back down to earth, but it also you know is a challenge back to us like let's be better, let's be smarter. Yeah, I really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, he was great. There's a, a brilliant photo that that's come out, and he's sort of hiding some words underneath. So you've got him this massive slide on the stage at the Barbican. It's just got "I'm here to be irritating," <laughs> and but in a really good way. That's exactly what it was. He sort of just sort of provoked everyone, I think. And and he talked a bit about creating for the digital world rather than just using old stuff and repurposing it. You know, stuff that's come before, and to get onto HQ. That's kind of where it feels there at the very start of their journey. You, you, you should probably explain what HQ is, actually. Yeah, I mean, if
3: you haven't played it, you should. It's like a it's a game show that you play on your mobile phone, but you become part of it. Yes, it's like a very good episode of Black Mirror, um, <laughs> it is. in the way that you kind of feel like you're part of this kind of community.
1: Game, It's like being on TV, as, yeah. as you do it, but yeah, yeah. on your mobile device. And um, they it, it sort of haven't rehashed telly and put it on a phone, have they? They sort of started from scratch, and it's something completely new, this phenomenon.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's kind of... It, it, it is and isn't like a game show, but it's mm. it's brilliant because it's kind of got the you know the slightly old-fashioned thing where everybody gathers around to do it because it's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. But then this instant access, there's no middleman. You know, you don't have to apply yes. to be on it; you can just be on it and play along, and that's brilliant. I love, I love it.
1: Yeah, I, I genuinely think that would be big. Maybe they'll look yeah. back in, like, five years' time when they're, like, you know, the new big thing. that like, oh, remember when remember they were on at the Barbican stage with the IAB? <laughs> um, and Lucy Jameson took us into lunch, and um, she had a brilliant quote. She said, where there is trouble, there's usually a problem to solve, and she thinks that is the opportunity. And she did say, you know, frankly, she thought our industry is in a bit of trouble right now, but then gave us a few reasons to be cheerful with, you know, some of these new direct-to-consumer brands that are really being born in digital.
3: Absolutely. I mean, I think that's what direct-to-consumer brands are often experts at doing, yeah. aren't they? Spot an opportunity or a challenge uh, and they make, so, you know, something very straightforward that works out of it. Um, and Monzo was one of the examples yeah. she used. She, she had dozens. And, and I think actually one of the things that um, stuck in my mind that she said was, uh, she, she said, what are, you, what are you more? Are you scared of change more or are you scared of what becomes if you don't change? Yes. Um and that, uh, be, you know, was something that really stuck
1: in my mind. Yeah, you, you know, it's a good one when you see all the phones go up and the photos mm-hmm. being taken of it. You know, you're onto a winner there. Um, now let's hear from Tom, Lucy, and the brilliant Simon Gosling from Unruly on their unique takes on the future. Um, hello, I'm Tom Goodwin. I'm the
7: EVP Head of Innovation for Zenith USA. I think we have this obsession with technology that's going to change our life, that it has to take a physical form and it has to look dramatically different. So there's this assumption it's going to be smart glasses or some watch. I actually think it's going to be the way that we create businesses around new technologies. So the way that data may be stored centrally, um, how it might be processed, how it might be used to automate various different aspects of our life. So it's kind of close to artificial intelligence. But I just think we will enter an era where things come to us at the right time in the right place, where decisions will be made for us automatically, and where we think less about technology. And it's that whole world of of almost like
0: the post-digital age which I think is going to be very profoundly different. Hello, I'm Lucy Jameson, and I'm one of the founders of Uncommon. The only thing my mum uses her iPad for is to play solitaire. So I'm not entirely sure it's changing her life. Having said that, there is one piece of technology which my parents actually have got their head around, or my mum anyway, Um, and they have got an Amazon Fire Stick for their TV, which now means my mum can shout at the TV and say, can I watch The Crown, please? (laughs)
8: Hi, my name's Simon Gosling and I'm a futurist with Unruly. I think the connected home itself is going to change my parents' life uh, and actually my ability to look after them in their elder years whilst I want them to last forever, one of them will be left alone eventually soon. And the connected home is going to enable me to stay in touch with my parent and just know if they're safe in their home. You know, there's a company called Howes, for example, who are creating sensors that go in the home, not cameras, uh, that let me know, for example, when my mum is using the toaster or using the kettle, and it shows anomalies in her routine. And, you know, three million people have to look after uh, elderly parents in the country and one in six people are having to give up work just to look after a parent and so if you can prolong the amount of time that you can continue working by having a connected home which helps you then that's going to be good for elderly people from the carer's point of view so I think that's going to be very significant.
0: So uh, generally I don't really do regret um, so thinking about what I might have done differently five years ago Uh, there's not a lot I think I would have done differently apart from the fact I would have invested in a whole lot of different companies. Uh, I would have actually invested in a load of the different West Coast startups. Not necessarily the traditional tech companies, but the kind of next generation of uh, startups. So people like Everlane, people like Glossier, people like that, who I think are starting to kind of change our relationship with brands
7: yeah so the one item i want to make connected is actually a smart blind um like it sounds very self-indulgent and first world problems like but um i have blinds in my apartment and i spend a fortune in the summer on air conditioning and a fortune in the winter on heating and if i could find something a bit like nest for blinds so something that automatically controlled the temperature of my apartment through just the use of blinds i think that would be a great step ahead
1: So, I guess overall our our theme was about moving forward, about the things that you have to do to change, but um, there were other things that kind of emerged for other themes as well christy what what came out of it for you?
2: Um, so I thought um, an interesting theme running through actually um, was the importance of self-regulation. Mm. Um, so, you know, starting with Keith at the beginning saying, you know, we need to be a responsible industry. We need to do what's right for, for people. Otherwise, actually, they'll start to switch off, which threatens the yeah. whole kind of ad funded in, internet. Um, through to Tom talking about, you know, how we should be really carefully thinking about data and privacy as our devices get more connected and, yeah. our, you know, are more intimate. You know, how do, how do we manage that? so that we that people still trust uh, advertising, right through to Brian from us at the end talking about kind of the ethical role of ad tech. So, you know, really permeated through the day.
1: Yeah, and Brian O'Kelly, I mean, he's sort of natural-born stage performer, isn't he? He's great. Yeah, an incredible presenter who, who came on without a script <laughs> and let
3: the audience choose between 20 different things he could talk on. Well, will you do which, that next year? No, okay. absolutely no way. <laughs> I, I wish I could. Um, but, but, yeah, I think that the, the whole... The importance of doing the right thing for the industry really yeah. st- stood out for me. And Brian actually did a great job of demonstrating why it's important. Mm. Because he said, you know, we're, we're travelling towards a place where the only way that quality publishers can make money is through paywalls. And that's not a great thing. Now, yeah. but paywalls aren't a bad thing per se because publishers have to make money. Yes. Um, and they have to survive. Uh, but, you know, do we really want a world where all the quality content exist behind a paywall and you have to pay for it i don't don't think that's a great thing for society so you know it's it's really important for society that we get this right and and that people do do the right thing when they're spending their their marketing budgets and when they're when they're investing their money um
1: to support you know the the right companies yeah definitely and i think the thing for me was it, it wasn't overt we didn't you know have a session specifically on it but Diversity came up and bubbled up again and again and again, and I think that's probably the way it should be, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's you know, it's very much a, a key part of everything we do now, which yeah. is which is great. You know, right through, um, we had gender stereotyping talked about, um, or rather, how we you know should be unstereotyping. Yeah. Uh, like Francis from Hearts and Science talking about challenging perceptions, mm. uh, that was really interesting. Um, and Simon from Unruly as well, when he was talking about kind of sin and AI and how we create the kind of perfect humanoid yeah. that you you know you love to trust and you would have in your home and you know how we take the perfect characteristics. Yeah. Um, and it was really interesting for me being northern how we <laughs> talked about, you know, we, we give this synth a, a northern accent because that's a trusted accent. And I think you know that's kind of it's in one way it's brilliant, but in another way it's kind of like we need to be careful not to fall into, you know, the same stereotyping that sort of got us into the wrong place now. We've got an opportunity actually to rethink that and really yeah. you know to start again and i think that's you know that's something we should be really embracing
1: yeah and it doesn't need to be something overt john does it? you don't have to have the diversity panel
2: no, no that's
3: it i mean we try to i guess deliver diversity yeah um i, I find it very fr- frustrating when you go to a conference and you have 20 white men talking and then a diversity panel mm. that's not white men yeah um it, you know why do we not make them part of the content throughout the day yeah. and that's what we try to do I think we've still got a long way to go and we could, could do a better job. But actually, we we had a really nice blend and mixture of, of people talking.
1: Yeah, uh, th- that's all we've got time for. But thank you so much for both coming back on uh, for our engaged special and sharing with us your highlights. So thank you, Christy. Thank you, John. Pleasure. Thanks, James. Let's end by hearing from our headline act, who I don't know if anyone recognised or noticed, but I was very excited to meet. It's the one and only Stacey Dooley, journalist, presenter, newly minted MBE awardee and one of Britain's most important documentary makers.
9: Hello, so my name is Stacey Dooley. Um, I am a documentary presenter and typically I work for BBC Three. In terms of technology available now, my mother has only just um, arrived on the Instagram scene and she is living her very best life. There's lots of selfies, there's lots of love hearts under like every single one of my photos, so I really do feel like that has already changed her life. (laughs) Knowing what I know now... Five years ago, probably, I would have worried less about what those online have got to say, particularly if I don't know them, if I've never met them. Um, Trying to be honest and sincere about things and trying to, you know, let your followers know that all is not what it seems. Often it's kind of an edited version of what's going on. Um, Yeah, I think that's important. Oh my god, one item that I would like to make connected. Well, as we all know, I am completely and totally obsessed with Bernie, the bulldog, my son. Um I would love to see things from his perspective, so perhaps I could perhaps I could put something on his head, like a GoPro type vibe, or maybe on his dog collar. Yeah, I, I would really be into that. I'd probably waste hours and hours of my day kind of going through the, the visuals. Which is quite tragic.
1: So that concludes our special Engage 2018 episode. Thank you for listening, and we hope you feel as inspired as we do about the future, or at the very least, infused about the possibilities that the iPad could open up for the older members of your family. All of the 600-plus photos from the day are available to view on our Flickr album. Just search for IAB UK, and there's a link to the rap video in the episode description. And keep an eye on our YouTube channel for all the speaker videos in their entirety that we'll be making available in the next couple of weeks. And lastly, if you want the whole day boxed up beautifully into a three-minute summary, check out the official Engage 2018 write-up on our site. Find it on the homepage of iabuk.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes in Series 1, then please do subscribe because we'll be back very soon for Series 2 later in the summer. If you have any feedback on our first series, we'd love to hear it. Just follow the link in the episode description to our feedback survey. And as ever, if you want more information on what the IAB does or how you can get in touch with us, find us online at iabuk.com or at iabuk on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks very much for listening.
4: The IAB Podcast
2: from SNK Studios.